It's Jim, it's the world of bonds. It's Wednesday, the 8th of April, 2020. There was a bit of pullback in equities overnight, giving up a gain of around 4%, but credit remains pretty robust, to be honest, partly due to things like the Bank of England starting its corporate bond buying program yesterday. We estimate they bought maybe 200 million worth of corporate bonds. We don't know exactly yet, but it could have been that sort of quantum. Um, elsewhere, the Eurogroup still hasn't come to a decision around how it's going to support the European recovery. You've got France wanting to do something, a recovery fund. Germany and the Netherlands are not so keen, as you'd imagine. Um, so on Moritz Kramer, who used to work for one of the rating agencies, put out a tweet this morning suggesting that those countries for which they were in favour of some sort of communal bond issuance. They all had debt to GDP ratios of 98%. Those who are against it, debt to GDP ratios of 49%. So very much splitting in terms of the ones who've got lots of debt want to commonalise debt. Those that don't, don't. Anyway, so what else is going on? Australia got downgraded, or sorry, not downgraded, got put on negative outlook. It's still a AAA rated credit on both rating agencies. Now, the reason for the negative outlook is that it's going through its first recession potentially in nearly 30 years and its debt burden is going up. Uh, as a quick quiz for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out um, a few of the AAA, AAA rated countries around the world. And at the end, I'll, I'll tell you, you work out who's missing from this list. So Germany, Australia, Canada, Switzerland, Denmark. Can you name any of the other four AAA, AAA rated economies? And at the end of the podcast, I'll tell you who they were. So overnight, US Treasuries, 71 basis points, Japan at zero, gilts at 36 at 10 years, and Germany minus 35. Investment grade spreads down a bit to 243, high yield at 840 in the US. Europe's opening a tad wider this morning in line with risk assets going uh, a bit south and towards the end of the session in the US last night. Um, I'm going to quickly talk about a piece of research from Gunit Dingra. He's Morgan Stanley's TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities um, Analyst. He says that CPI swaps, um, these are a measure of inflation in the United States, are pricing in nearly a 50% probability of deflation over the next couple of years. Um, that's stripping out the volatile oil component, uh, which kind of moves up and down and distorts the number. So looking at core, there's a 44% chance of deflation that the market is pricing in um, over the next couple of years. Um, he does think that demand shocks are going to be more important than supply risk shocks. So, you know, the lack of demand in the economy is more important than the tightness in supply. So deflation is a, a possibility. Um, but generally, in the great financial crisis, um, GDP fell by more than inflation. And, um, you know, it was the case that actually markets are probably getting too depressed about the possibility of deflation, not least because the Phillips curve is incredibly flat and it's been incredibly flat in both directions. So go back just two months ago, we had record low levels of unemployment and yet we couldn't generate CPI inflation anywhere in the world. You know, Germany, uh, unemployment rates lower than um, US pretty much and Japan incredibly low unemployment rate no chance of generating inflation so the Phillips curve has stopped operating um, to some extent for, for some while now I mean arguing another podcast about why that might be the case you can point to the gig economy maybe uh, the globalized nature of the labor market rather than just a US market or a German market 
for instance. But the Phillips curve also wasn't a great predictor at times of very high unemployment. So if you go back to previous episodes of high unemployment, it seems like a very long time ago now, but remember we are entering a huge, you know, record levels of unemployment. Six million new people signing on for unemployment benefits in initial claims last week in the US, uh, taking it up towards 10 million and and rising every single day. Um, But other periods of high unemployment didn't cause weak levels of unemployment, uh, of prices rather. So you might get the situation where low unemployment two months ago didn't cause inflation, high unemployment may not well cause disinflation either. Um, And maybe that's because some of the data he's looking at goes back to the 70s and 80s where we had a very high oil price. So we did have kind of stagflation with high levels of unemployment, but still high levels of inflation. But nevertheless, it is worth re-examining our kind of prior thinking that high levels of unemployment will be exceptionally deflationary. And previous episodes of of, uh, the global financial crisis, for instance, shows actually while we did have episodes of deflation, they weren't long-lived effectively. And that means that with tips markets... um, pricing in still almost deflation and 50% chance of deflation, potentially they look quite cheap. Remember also that tips have a deflation floor. So you can only get back 100, however um, bad deflation were to get. Um, It protects you against that severe deflation experience. It will vary from issue to issue. So you want to buy those bonds that are potentially near that deflation floor with a, a price near 100 rather than those with a price well above 100 where you could see some erosion of that capital as it gets near the floor. But nevertheless, some of the tips markets potentially are pricing in too much bad news on the deflation front. Right, the quiz. The other ones to join Germany, Australia, Canada, Switzerland, Denmark are... Luxembourg, Netherlands, Norway and Singapore. Possible I've missed something. I'm trying to think maybe New Zealand. Um, But anyway, one to look up in your own time. Have a good day. Bye.